Welcome to Main Thing Radio with Robert Fountain, pastor of Calvary Chapel, Miami Beach, in Miami Beach, Florida. Join us as Robert teaches through God's Word. of the old Robert you see and the more Christ-like my choices and actions are. But that's a result of His Spirit living within me. You know, when we looked at Romans chapter 7, we talked about that. Romans chapter 7, there's a description. Paul talks about the, the struggle between the old man and the new man. And it's a struggle that only occurs in Christians. If, if the Holy Spirit is not living within a person, there's no struggle. There's just wickedness. There's just imperfection. When you come to Jesus and are filled with the Holy Spirit, a lifelong battle ensues. You are made righteous in the sight of God, but sin will still confront you as long as you live. As Pastor Robert explains in today's message, through the power of the Holy Spirit, you don't need to live under the oppression of that sin. Stick around after today's message from Pastor Robert. I have quite a bit of information that I'd like to share with you. Our web address, podcast subscription information, and our contact information. And here's Pastor Robert in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 1 with today's edition of Main Thing Radio. The idea that's being presented here and the thing that you and I need to understand is that pure conduct is the result of one becoming a saint. It's not what produces sainthood. Sainthood produces the behavior. Is everybody with me on that? Do you understand what I'm, what I'm telling you? The Holy Spirit living within you. That's what produces the good conduct. He changes your nature. Paul says, I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. He actually transforms us from the inside out. You know, he, he takes us from a fallen world in the midst of a fallen society, a messed up, imperfect humanity, a sea of imperfection, and he sets us apart. And he puts his spirit inside us. And now all of a sudden, we're alive spiritually. We're no longer dead like everybody else. We're alive spiritually. And now what we begin to produce is consistent with life instead of being consistent with death. And the degree to which we surrender, really, and allow him to do all the work that he would like to do in us, because he does still leave our freedom to, to mess up in place. But the degree to which we trust him, the degree to which we, we learn to just give ourselves to him and rely upon him, well, that's the degree to which our behavior begins to look like his behavior. Our nature, we, you know, the, the residue of the old fallen imperfect person lessens over time. John the Baptist said, I must decrease, he must increase. And that's true for us. 
I love the way Cy Rogers words it, you know, when, when he comes. And some of you have been here when he's spoken. He's, he says, you know, listen, I'll put up with your residue if you'll put up with mine. We all have the residue of the old man. I, I, I still have a short fuse. I, I tend to, I have to watch it. My wife rebuked me last night. Because <laughs> the old Robert was kind of, you know, fighting a headache and, the, the reserves, you know, they are not quite, I'm just, man, just, you'll see that old Robert stick his head up every now and then. But the more I trust Jesus and, and just, you know, give everything to him, the less of the old Robert you see and the more Christ-like my choices and actions are. But that's a result of his spirit living within me. You know, when we looked at Romans chapter 7, we talked about that. Romans chapter 7, there's a description. Paul talks about the, the struggle between the old man and the new man. And it's a struggle that only occurs in Christians. If, if the Holy Spirit is not living within a person, there's no struggle. There's just wickedness. There's just imperfection. And, and you know, this is, this is fascinating to me on a couple of different levels. He, he says he's writing to those who are at Corinth, the church of God, sanctified in Christ Jesus, called saints. And yet he's going to go on in the rest of this letter. You know, this when I first became a Christian and started learning about, you know, like the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Holy Spirit and and just the expression of, of God within the church, these letters, 1 and 2 Corinthians, were held up. And the church at Corinth, in one sense, lifted up as as being a spirit-filled church. But when you study the, the 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 letters, you find that's not really accurate. Paul wrote this letter because there were problems that needed to be dealt with. He goes on to confront divisions. Well, that's what we're going to look at next week. They were all divided over who was the the best teacher arguing about who was the best teacher, taking sides. Some were all, you know, behind place. They loved Paul and others were, you know, in love with Apollo. I mean, there were all these, you know, little factions and some were saying, no, 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 we just want to trust Jesus. You know, we're just following Jesus. We don't, you know, it doesn't matter who teaches. We just, Jesus is all we want. Paul confronts their, their pettiness. He confronts immorality. And, and it's an interesting thing to consider when you look at it because it seems that the immoral brother was a brother. This was a Christian. A Christian who, when his dad kicked his stepmother out of the house, he says, well, hey, I'll take you. Come on over to my place. And they're living together. She's his mistress. And Paul says, you're putting up with that as if it's a good thing. Kick him out. You can't have that in your church. Kick him out. And they did. And so in 2 Corinthians, it seems, it seems, it's not definitive, but it, it seems in 2 Corinthians that he writes back to them and says, listen, the brother's repentant. You, you, need to, you need to love on him. You need to welcome him back. This is actually a Christian. How can that be? Well, he, he wasn't a mature Christian. He was a very carnal one. There's all kinds of things that Paul writes to these people to confront. There was heresy. Some were denying the resurrection of Jesus Christ in the church at Corinth. There's several, suing one another. 
They were suing one another over financial stuff within the church, taking each other to court within the church. And Paul says, cut that out. Cut it out. That's ungodly. But they were Christians. And in this opening, if, if all you had was the greeting, you'd think, man, these are super Christians. It's like, man, I thank my God always concerning you for the grace of God which was given to you by Christ Jesus. You were enriched in everything by him. In all utterance and all knowledge, even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you, so that you come short in no gift. That's the third point, by the way. He says these people were, were wealthy. The word that he uses, it, it literally means they were wealthy in terms of their speech, their knowledge, and their spiritual giftings. You know what comes to my mind when I consider that? Here you have a bunch of baby Christians a bunch of immature, carnal Christians who were highly educated, very eloquent, and extremely gifted. What a dangerous combination. I can't tell you how many times I've run into that in the church. It's always a problem. It's always a problem. you got some, you know, some guy with a Ph.D., gifted communicator, spiritually gifted, but he's a total baby in Christ and doesn't know what he doesn't know. You ever met anybody like that? They don't know what they don't know? I actually had a guy one time, I won't tell you who, years ago. He decided he wanted to go to Bible college. You know what my reaction was? Oh, no. Man, this is a disaster. That was my reaction. So much so that I wrote, because, you know, when you go to a Bible college or whatever, you have to have a pastoral recommendation. So I wrote him one. I put in big block capital letters. Please do not accept this man. Seriously. And I went on to say, why? Now, you need to understand the pastor's heart. I loved him. He's still a good friend. And he knows that I wrote that letter. I begged this university not to accept him. I told him, he's not ready. He's just not, he's not mature enough to have that kind of knowledge. He's just not. They accepted him. Proved me right. He wasn't ready. And he later came back to me and acknowledged. I mean, he, he ended up with, you know, tens of thousands of dollars in, in debt, school loans, and a head full of knowledge that he wasn't ready to carry around. The church at Corinth. Paul says, you know, you guys, man, you are rich in speech, in knowledge, in spiritual gifts. You come short in none of this stuff. We're so glad you tuned in to Main Thing Radio today. We'd like to encourage you to continue reading God's Word daily, looking for the powerful truth and the promises that lie within its pages. There's always something to learn from the Bible, and we hope you'll make it a part of your daily routine. If you'd like to learn more about the ministry of Main Thing Radio, you'll be able to do so online at MainThingRadio.com. We'd love to meet you, so if you're in the area, come join us this weekend for a time of worship, Bible study, and getting to know one another. We meet weekly on Sundays, plus we have gatherings throughout the week we'd love to include you in. Find out more by giving us a call at 305-531-2730. That's 305-531-2730. If you'd like to hear more of Pastor Robert's messages, you can find them at MainThingRadio.com. You can subscribe to our podcast, too, and here's Tracy to tell you more. Life these days moves fast. 
From one appointment to the next, most of us race through our days with blinding speed. Those in-between moments are great opportunities to connect with God. Subscribe to the Main Thing Radio podcast to enjoy messages like you heard today, anytime, anywhere. Simply log on to MainThingRadio.com and click on the podcast button. Thanks for tuning in today to Main Thing Radio. 